This episode is sponsored by MyArkit. MyArkit is a wonderful tool that allows you to save not just photos, but memories. Um, don't just save your pictures where they're at risk of being censored, deleted, or lost. MyArkit gives you security and privacy at a great price while telling the whole story in your own voice and writing. You're able to save photos organized by event, by individual, however you'd like to see fit. MyArkit will give you the tools to help organize your entire collection. Um, and here's the cool thing about MyArkit. It's not just some folder on some cloud server somewhere that you don't understand and you just throw everything in there and hope it works out. They give you the tools to organize and expand your collection uh, for future events. So go check out MyArkit today at myarkit.com. That's M-Y-A-R-K-I-T.com. Uh, use my promo code, not real. That's capital N, capital R, not real. Go check it out at myarkit.com. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a guest we've never had on this show before, um, which is obviously a lie. Um, we haven't talked to him in a while, but it is the CEO and founder of Navy Veterans for Objects with Flared Bases. Uh, what did he say? Oh, Jason Lyons, how are you doing, sir? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to follow that up. Um, I'm doing all right. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. How's the caucus going? Nope. No caucus is here. Can't. Can't. No, in reality, though, uh, Mr. Mr. Lyon has become an adult and started doing adult things like uh, you are the power. Um, for those who don't know or live under a libertarian rock, uh, they are an organization that basically fights the power every which way they can to help people in communities across America. Um, did you want to kind of give people a little bit better exp explanation as which I'll do? And go yeah, ab absolutely. So um, starting off with our principle, um, understanding that people work best when when they're most free. We understand that the way that people become free is by human respect. And so when people respect one another, people are more free to make better decisions with their lives. And so we as an organization at You Are The Power, we help to empower communities and individuals facing some of those barriers created by government in order to fight some of those issues to restore human respect so that people can be free to do great things in their community. Um, so... Uh... I've followed Spike on social medias and the, the tweeters and all that stuff for a while. And he was always calling out injustices and pointing stuff out. And I guess the next logical evolution is to actually do something about it, right? Instead of just saying, this is bad, we're going to talk about it. It's to form a, uh, a group to be able to, to enact change, to take donations and use those donations towards something useful, um, which you can go to the website that was on the bottom of the screen. It'll pop up here in a second. You can go there and donate um, and help them continue fighting. Um, Y'all have uh, kind of a bigger one going on right now, don't you? Uh, we've got we've got a couple big ones going on right now. Um, the biggest one that we have, the most current one, is in Georgia. So down in Forsyth County in Georgia, there's a family, the Hernandez family is Matt and Tucky, and their two children, Emma and Aria. Um, just the, every parent's nightmare. Right. Because you're a parent, I'm a parent. And, 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 you know, we've always had those situations where our kid is sick, our kid is hurt. And sometimes we don't know what's wrong with them. And so, of course, every parent's told, hey, if you don't know, take them to the hospital. And so that's what they did. Um, 
uh, Tucky and Matt took their kids to the hospital and they said, why is our child's leg, our, our three-month-old, why is her leg swollen? The response, we're going to send in defects, we're going to take your children away, and we're going to apply criminal charges or charge the parents, uh, Matt and Tucky both, with criminal charges for abuse and neglect. Now, from the medical reports and everything that was there, it shows that, hey, there's likely a medical condition there or potentially a genetic defect. Emma has uh, was found to have rickets at a very young age. And so there's medical reasons for why her leg was swollen, why she had fractures in her legs. And instead of actually paying attention to the kid and trying to provide services, right, Department of Family and Child Services, instead of trying to provide services for the children and the family, they decided to rip everyone apart. And so we have we got involved and we started learning more and more about this cause. And the way that we found this out actually was from one of the foster parents, um, Jennifer and Jonathan Williams of uh, down in the area. They were providing respite care, which is basically short term relief for foster families. And while they had Emma and Aria, since they've already had over 30 children in their homes, they knew what a healthy child looked like. They knew what a child who wasn't abused looked like. And so they, they realized real quickly that both Emma and Aria came from a loving home. They, they were loved and supported and cherished because they had that, that young, youthful glow about them. They were excited about life. Um, this was very early on um, during, the, during the foster care. But since then, since, since then they, they went and they found out the story of Matt and Tucky. They realized just how big the state was messing up in this case, and they became champions for them. And since being in their care, both Emma and Aria have declined just catastrophically, both mentally and, and physically, they're constantly getting sick. And it's just, it's just one of the biggest issues out there. And, and anyone who sees the story immediately feels for Matt and Tucky and, and just that yearning and that desire to reunite this family has been just virtually unanimous besides those state actors that have been involved. <clears throat> How long have they been separated? So they were separated. Uh, I believe it was, I believe it was June 6th was the number that is the date that's popping up, but it was early in June was when they took Emma to the hospital in order to get of 2023 of 2023. Yes. Okay. So we're just over six months now. And it's been, it's just been a, a terrible situation. A part of the criminal charges applied to the mother when she was arrested. Her bond agreement actually prevented her from seeing the kids, but also from being able to be with her own husband. And so now you've got this entire family torn apart and not a lick of compassion, not a lick of care. No one diving into making sure that the girls are, are in better conditions. Um, but what we ha what we have seen is from this foster care that she's been in. She's been in they've been in multiple homes. I think they're at eight homes that they've they've been to since this time began. Um, is you know they've they've been to visitation with the father, um, where or sorry, they've had remote visitation with the father where Emma, who was four months old at the time, was left unattended on a couch and actually fell off of the couch on the live stream. And no one was in the room to be able to help tend or take care of her. Um, they've had interactions where, you know, the girls don't have underwear going to visitation with their mother since that has been restored just very recently. Um, we're, we're seeing where the girls are constantly getting sick. 
worried about infections while they're sick they're receiving in, uh, immunizations which is you know you always wait until a child is healthy if you're going to provide those because you're going to likely cause things to get worse rather than better by adding in something else for that immune system to fight and so there's just a complete lack of care for these girls meanwhile they're saying we're trying to do what's best for them says the state and we know exactly how that works yeah, I did an episode with uh, activist and uh, foster child uh, Kayla Muskowitz, and I'll, I'll put that link in the comments to that episode, but she, she does a really deep dive into what the foster care system in the United States looks like, and it's it's worse than some prisons, honestly. Um, it's it's a money-making scheme for not only just states, but foster, you know, foster parents sometimes. Um, even organizations and companies make money off of it. So it's a it's a horrendous system, and to think that taking kids away from parents, even bad parents, um, and putting them in a system that's that has no compassion and no love is good for raising kids or even taking care of kids in the short term, um, and it it really is disgusting because it was just on a whim, is from what it sounds like. I mean, there's if, if mm-hmm. there's no broken bones on an X-ray or no bruises, I don't know how you can justify that, and the reason being is is money. It, it all comes down to money. Someone stands to make money with each child that's introduced in the foster care system. They seen two paychecks right there. And that's, it's unfortunate. And I really hate it for the parents because that's gotta be just horrendous. Cause, and I, I don't understand the justification uh, if they have any for why the parents were separated from each other too. No. And, and what we've found is that in Forsyth County, especially, but in other counties across Georgia, this is not an uncommon practice. But also another not uncommon practice is that parents who are actually abusive to their children that are actually negative impacts in their children's lives have been treated much better than Nat and Taki have. And they've had a giant uh, amount of support from the people around them. Um, There have been originally with the swelling of the leg, there were very uh, because of the, the medical conditions, her leg did have small fractures. Um, in them, but, you know, she was developing other very physical uh, issues since after leaving the the mother's care. And and an example of that was the first family that she went, the the girls went to after leaving uh, their parents' uh, care was the aunt and uncle. Um, This is actually Taki's sister and her husband. And while they were in care there, Emma, whose bones had healed up, her her leg bones had healed up, had developed some rashes. And nobody had done anything to her, but she had developed these because of the medical conditions, what we believe to be the medical conditions. And so they called the hospital and they said, or they called the the state, sorry, they called the defects workers and said, what do we need to do? And they said, take them to CHO at the same hospital that, Mantucky had taken them to. So they took the girls to CHOA, which is a child hospital uh, of Atlanta or children's hospital of Atlanta. They took her, took the girls to CHOA and then they were accused of allowing Taki to come into their home and to abuse her daughter in their care. They have since then requested and attempted to provide the security footage of their home. They're 24 seven video footage of their home of multiple angles and the state didn't care, but would rather lobby these, these egregious lies and defamation um, to say that somebody else is coming in. 
It's it's you couldn't make this story up with the absurdities and and just the wrongdoing that's been happening here and and to see all of these things and to be able to witness all of these things and see the paperwork and see you know how all these these players have been acting, um, it just it's no wonder why so many children have been lost in the system. I, I think the number was somewhere around eighteen hundred children have been lost in in Georgia defects care. Why so many children are are wrongfully taken? Because they're they're quick to destroy, but they're slow to mend and and, and really slow to, to begin the healing process. And, and in this case, especially, you know, we're coming up on seven months here soon. And still the girls separated from their parents. Matt and Taki still are not in connection with one another. They haven't lived under the same roof since this all began. And this is this is kind of a, a grim statement, but people, you know, look at you know, children who are being sex trafficked across the nation and the United States is a major hub. People wonder why that is. Well, it's not it's not the dude who's driving a van who grabs your kid on the sidewalk. That's not a thing. Like that's 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 maybe happened a half dozen times in, in the course of history, I'm sure. But the the real system that is giving these children to these people is the foster care system. These children aren't just disappearing. Someone's taking a bribe, taking money, and they're disappearing into that system. And when you have government that big, corruption is, is I mean, it's imminent. I mean, it's guaranteed. Um, and it is sad. I mean, it, I couldn't imagine living that life where you're accused every which way is possible. Like, I, 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 guarantee, I guarantee you, you write this. Like, you write this entire experience down like a play or like a, like a, like a movie script, right? Mm-hmm. And you give it to any movie producer, they will laugh at you and tell you that there's no way people would believe this and will throw it in the trash. Yeah, that's how insane that is. Yeah, it, this case is um, this this matter with the Hernandez family. It, this is eerily similar to the Take Care of Maya documentary that recently came out that a lot of people are talking about. When you look through the comment section, people are bringing this up because there was a mother who had her child who had medical conditions that was separated from, from her and, and thrown into the system. And the thing we focus so much on, on just the children in the foster care system and how broken that is and the, the trauma and the abuse that happens there. But it also, you know, somebody who's who survived that alienation and that, that the struggle of, of child uh, custody, um, the parents go through it a lot. And when it comes to the taking care of Maya, you know, the mother ended up taking her own life. And this is because she was at no fault when it came to the reason why her child was no longer in her custody, but the state was at fault for all of the trauma, all of the suffering and everything else. So who's left to take care of Maya when the one person who actually gave a damn about Maya is gone. And, and so that's something that resonates so much with parents and, and people out there is that, you know, the system clearly couldn't, couldn't care about any of us, but the parents are left suffering and paying tens of thousands of dollars just for legal representation to fight for their children. And, and for it to be a system that is treating you as guilty until proven innocent. in a lot of these cases Meanwhile, the parents who are actually abusing their children are granted more visitation and custody rights than the parents who are innocently there and just trying to do the right thing. It is one. It is one of the most grotesque systems here in the here in the country. 
Yeah, the more people dig into family and just juvenile court in general, it, it gets really, really just horrendous. I mean, we we know for a fact that child support is such a huge system in the United States because states get a stipend from the federal government for it. Then there was a bill that I had covered months and months back um, where Tennessee was looking to change how they do uh, fathers on birth certificates. So basically, you, if you had a child outside of marriage, you'd have to take a DNA test to prove that you're the father. Uh, that way, she can't just put whoever's name on it. Um, and the state was upset because they would say they were screaming about how much money they were going to lose. However, the Tennessee Department of Human Services says if made into law, their department could be at risk of losing about 52 million in federally matched dollars. Uh, I guess the concerns that we have is that um, the bill would uh, possibly put us out of compliance with the federal regulations. And nobody cared. No one, no one, no one batted an eye and said, why are they upset about losing money? Isn't child support supposed to be about supporting the child? And when you start showing this stuff to people, they become absolutely disgusted because that yeah. is a grotesque system that abuses children more than any parent could ever dream of doing. Yeah. No, it, the, the entire system is just corrupt from, from top to bottom. And, um, you know, it, it's heartbreaking for us that you are the power. So my my position is I'm the volunteer director, and as part of that is a lot of the a lot of the people who send in emails to, for example, the council at, at youarethepower.net with potential causes. When we talk about the Hernandez family, you know, a flood of emails comes in from other families who are going through, you know, going through the same battle in their state with their CPS or their DFACS or whatever, whatever government agency is there. And we have to witness this and see families being torn apart, broken apart in that way. We see where, you know, um, spouses are, are able to alienate their, their, their former spouse and be able to, you know, not only, put the, the, the burden of them to fight for, to be able to have visitation with their, with their children that they were consensually cre created through, uh, but also the burden of having to pay an exorbitant amount in child support where the system is, is, you know, isn't lenient to the, to the non-custodial parent at all. It is, it is in, in some cases it's, it's destructive to its end. And it actually, you know, they're, I could go on for hours about that, but it, it's just destructive in the way that a lot of the system works. And, and one of those issues at the core of this is because the people don't respect the people, right? The judges are, are just there and they've got this, this black and white text in front of them that says, charge this much, do this much, do this way. And they go, I have to do it this way. And they smack down the gavel. And then now, you know, a, a father who's, who's barely able to, to keep his house at home, is now ordered to pay $1,200 in child support for his two kids or, or things to that effect where you take away somebody's ability to live because the system just couldn't care about anyone but just the black and white letters on, on the paper in front of them. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's a part of when you start digging into all these laws. Most people don't realize, but child custody and child support laws are not like, you know, optional. Like judges can't make a decision on them. They are concrete. They, they have what's called a playbook, and they say, if it's this, you do this. If it's this, you do this. And there's pretty much almost no deviation from it. Um, so, like, child support. Like, you can't legally waive your right to child support. They will not allow you to. I had an attorney tell me that. 
like say you cannot waive it. I was like, that's bullshit. I don't, I don't want the money. It doesn't matter. They won't yeah. allow you to do it because the, number one, the money factor, but two, it's it, it. And the other thing about child support is what people don't know is it does not take into account cost of living. It is purely calculated on income and income alone. It doesn't take into food or fuel or insurance or, well, it does take in health insurance, but not like automotive insurance, anything like that. Yep. So all these costs pile up and Hey, guess what? Now you're, you know, a thousand dollars over what you can spend in a month on anything. And it, and it doesn't help the kid. It, I don't understand how that system is supposed to help the kids because then now the other parent can't see the kids because they can't afford to go do anything to go anywhere. And, it, and yep. it, it's just a, it's just a recycling system. It just takes one problem, makes it worse and takes another problem, makes it worse. And it's just over and over and over. Yeah, no, it, it, you're absolutely right. It, it, it's a vicious cycle and it, it's just, and, and I'm sure we can, we've all heard of those stories of, you know, a father or a mother who's ordered to pay child support and then they get behind on their child support. And so then they no longer have their license. And so now that they don't have a license, they can't get to and from work. And now that they can't get to and from work, they can't afford to pay their bills. And then they go homeless. And then society's like, what a piece of garbage. That person chose to be homeless instead of taking care of their children. It's like, I understand that there are those people in, in, you know, the phony uh, court shows like to highlight those people. Oh, they intentionally gave up working in order to not pay child support. It's like, yeah, there, there, there may be cases out there where people are doing that, but for the most part, yeah. Yeah. But for the most part, these people got stuck behind the eight ball and then in comes the child support payment. And they're like, why aren't you being successful in this? Yeah, and then you, you try and get a job that pays more, but guess what? It's a sliding scale, so your payments go up, and so you're you're, you're screwed. I mean, no matter what you do, you're you're stuck in this corner. Um, I mean, it's just kind of like that that family down in Georgia. I mean, you, you it doesn't matter what they do. Everything that they've done up to this point has screwed them more and more and more. And they're doing the right things. They're trying to be good parents, and they're trying to have a relationship with their kids. And it's just. <laughs> It's just the system is designed in such a way that it can just sit there and say, we don't want to see the evidence of what actually happened. We're just going to tell you what happened and you're going to stick with that because what are you going to do about it? And that's, that's, that's scary. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, this, this whole system. And, and of course, like this is just one small thing of what we do. Are you the power? I mean, I could, the, the entire spectrum of the things that we've done. Um, it, I won't say that it's to the same extreme in, in every sense of the way, but it consistently boils down to just the idea that the system knows better than you. They know how to run your life better than you. They know how to handle your finances better than you. They know when you can put the red sprinkles on your cupcake and when you can put the blue sprinkles on your cupcake um, because they know better than you. And, and so for us, like that's the biggest thing that we want to be be able to work to to towards reempowering people is you know when it comes to like the family court cases or the 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 child support things like those are things that clearly people aren't being respected on and and I understand that the desire is to take care of the children there's no requirements with that what have you but you know outside of that when we talk about some of the other causes that we've been a part of you know um, one of those causes was you know, people going out and serving other people, something as easy and as simple as saying people are hungry in my community. I want to go and feed them. 
that basic level of boiling it down of I have enough, I'm willing to give to another. I don't know how this became controversial in, in 2023, um, but but here we are and or sorry, now it's 2024. I can't even look at my clock right. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, last year in 2023, we fought a couple of cases on just people being allowed to feed people. It's, it's mind-blowing how quick to defend some idea and opinions that some legislator, some council member, some mayor has, rather than going, hey, there's literally no ordinance out here that speaks to the intent of we're going to stop people from feeding people, but we're going to go ahead and try to criminalize this behavior. We're going to go ahead and try to apply fines in the, because of this behavior. We're going to go ahead and harass them with police. I don't know why or I don't know when it became so American to just force the opinions of our legislators down the throats of all of us and to, you know, to allow judges and these courtroom opinions to run roughshod over all of our our feelings and opinions. So it <laughs> So it really does come down to basically uh, their power is only perceived, right? Like they have as much power as you believe they have. Um, so if they keep flexing their muscles and they keep showing more power and more power and more power, people will believe they have that power. And, yeah. you know, and I hate to say it kind of sort of not really is that's how communism works. People, if communism works, if you believe it works, right? Like as long as you keep believing and you're willing to be a doctor and work 40 hours in a day, you know, so you don't get shot. I mean, hey, you know, they'll keep working. But the moment people realize that it's all a lie and it's all bullshit, it no longer matters. Because, I mean, if if you can arrest people for literally feeding people that are starving, that is a flex of power. That's exactly what that is. Because it, yeah. what it does is it shows, they're, they're, they're trying to show that without the state, people would starve. But all they're doing is showing that because of the state, people are starving. They're trying to show that, you know, we need to be the ones to take care of people because that's our job, right? It's our job to keep you safe. It's our job to take care of you. But in reality, that's the farmer just taking care of the sheep before the slaughter. So, yeah, no, absolutely. And it, it, they want it to, they want this to be a problem. They want this to be a problem because then they get to be the superhero coming in and saving the day. And, and a lot of these things, um, the problem was created because of government. Um, I know some of you, some of your viewers may have heard this argument before. Um, and when it comes to homeless people, well, it's the church's job. Why doesn't the church just open up their doors and allow for for people to come in and stay there, right? And and I've made that argument in the past because I was I didn't know better, and that's okay. But now everyone who's listening to this podcast, now you guys are all going to know better. In in Ohio right now, there is a church that he had the message sent to him, and he believes that his message, his worldly mission, is to open the doors of his church to allow the homeless to come in. And now it is freezing cold in Ohio right now. I live in South Carolina where it is a, it is a frigid 50 degrees, but he is up where it is actually <laughs> legitimately cold. And... He had opened up his doors for the homeless to come and seek shelter and warmth and to be able to have food. And now he's facing criminal charges 
for doing this because zoning violations. You weren't zoned properly to let people be cared for. You weren't zoned properly to allow for people to live around you. That, yeah, I, I knew that was coming. I mean, it's, it's obvious. I mean, the, the entire system is designed to any argument you have as to why other people should do it. The system's already designed a way to prevent you from doing it. So unless you fully sign on with their program that doesn't work, you're just going to run into problems. And it's stupid. I mean, yeah. this entire nation was built on people helping people. I mean, the expansion West required almost no federal government support. It was just people doing shit and moving. And <laughs> how do we get here? Like, you know, you look back at history, like, what was the point? Where, where, where was the point in time where Americans were like, you know what? Yeah, no more sneezing. Bless you, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but what was the point in time where Americans were like, you know what? It's not our problem. I'm going to let someone else handle this. You know? It is fine for you to have the opinion of, like, let somebody else handle it. But then the government goes, we're that someone else that's going to take care of it. And I don't care how good of an opportunity that you guys have. I don't care that you guys have the capability, the means, and the opportunity before you. You can't do it because I said I'm going to do it. Like, just the most grotesque thing. After we just were celebrating throwing the tea into the harbor – can we do it for our government too once in a while? Like this needs to happen. The government is that person that volunteers to do the entire project by themselves and then won't show you anything on the progress until yeah. the day of presentation. And then it's just a piece of shit and you all get an F. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, so we touched a little <laughs> bit on, on on the family court that we're, we're involved with there the hernandez family we've touched a little bit on on the food uh feeding the homeless and caring for the homeless but we go so much further than that uh, you know but wait, but wait there's, more. there's more jinx um the better man um so we're also involved Mississippi. This is another big, huge story um, in Mississippi, Taylorsville, Mississippi, a young man, 25 years old, Rasheen Carter, living in his life, his home or his restaurant, his shrimp restaurant was shut down because of during COVID. And so he is looking to get employed and work and be able to make his way back to take care of uh, him and his family. So while living in Taylorsville, he's made some, made some contacts and made some texts to his um, to his mother saying, you know, if something happens to me, it's probably my boss. And so he goes missing. He's supposed to get picked up on one Sunday afternoon and nobody can find him. His body was found 30 days later in the woods right outside of town. And it's nothing more than just basically a skeletal remain, and some of the some of his remains weren't even there. And the police, upon finding this, immediately come out with a report: no foul play. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't fathom a world where this would make sense. But here we are. You are the power involved in in rural Mississippi, small town Mississippi, in Taylorsville, Mississippi helping solve a cold case murder. And so we've got a $50,000 reward that will help that um, 
for anyone who has information on that to be able to uh, to, that leads to the conviction of the murderers of Rasheem Carter. Um, But we're getting involved in in a heavy way. We've got an investigative team following up on every tip that comes in. Um, You can also go to, as that website is, youarethepower.net slash tips. If you have any tips uh, at all that will help us lead to the conviction of the murderers of Rasheem Carter, and that will help that. So we're, we're helping the homeless. We're helping families get reunited. We're helping solve cold case murders. But wait. There's more. Um, we're also down in Texas, eminent domain. This is this is the one that you know every libertarian is gonna be like, I can get on board with that. Uh, a restaurant who had been owned for for many years, uh, or sorry, a bar and restaurant that had been owned for many years. Somebody put their entire life savings into this. The city's like, nah, we want a park, yo. And that's all that it took. So eminent domain comes in, giving pennies on the dollar. They're going to tear this thing down. So you're the power gets involved. We get our community. We get our network involved. We get activists there into the area. We create uh, events in person. And we stop them. Because at the end of the day, if you want my property, make it worth it for me. So eminent domain is just one of those easy things that, you know, every libertarian is like, yeah, F that policy. And sure enough, we talk about it. People show up and, and we want to fight it. it this isn't um, – in a lot of these things, like I'm I'm involved pretty intimately with all of these cases because I'm the volunteer director. But this isn't something where these things are only successful because of you are the power. It's because people are interested in their community. They find these things out. They raise it to – raise these issues, these empathetic messages to others. And people get involved and go make the change. I know that you you and Sam are doing some incredible activism out there, going out there and talking to people about different issues, rights and freedoms and, and, and making a difference in our communities. And, and that's all that it takes. Somebody to go out there, to have the audacity to stand up and say, hey, this is something that's important. And would you? I'm sure when you speak about things in person, people go, that's important to me, too. And they say, I want to follow you. How do I follow in your footsteps? How do I grow to be better? How do I become a leader? And so at the when you boil it down, you are the power is nothing more than us just saying, if you're afraid to stand up, we'll stand up with you. And we're gonna make we're gonna be the change in our communities and we're gonna restore that human respect. But wait, there's the more. Mafia. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the mafia, but with hugs and kisses. Kind of. They're yeah. gonna they're gonna machine gun you with love, yeah. And support. Um, no, it is good. I'm I'm glad to see that there's people out there who actually still give a shit and who are still willing to fight and do the right thing. Um, Mississippi apparently has a lot going on for it. Um, so I recently I don't think it's been released yet, but I'll talk about it here. Um, I wrote a uh like a statement on the bodies that were found outside of that uh, jailhouse in Mississippi. The thing, I think they're up to 25. They found in an unmarked grave, some whose loved ones looked over a year uh, yep. before they were told that the, they were dead. And it was, it's, it's this whole thing. Um, and I can drop the link for that if anyone cares, but um, it, it's stuff like that, like that, it's gross negligence, number one, and you'll you'll recognize this, Jason. So, the Geneva Convention outlines certain rights a prisoner is entailed to, uh, you know, 
regarding you know the the laws of war and the laws of man and all that you have to have more respect for the body of a enemy that you've killed than american police do with american prisoners it's it's abhorrent sorry you're muted oh you weren't talking to me (laughs) (laughs) i had a I had I had a, a an entrance. An entrance. That happens. Yeah, four year olds. So, anyways, you were you were talking about the Geneva Convention and taking care of the bodies of of the dead. Yeah, so U.S. soldiers through the uh, the Geneva Convention treat enemy combatants better than we do treat our own prisoners, uh, American prisoners, American citizens get treated worse than enemy combatants of war, which is astonishing, really. Yeah. No, it, it, I, I think I know one of the stories that led to them finding that the, the 25 bodies, originally it was a, a man that a family had been looking for for 13 or 14 months at this point. And it turns out it was an off-duty officer who cr- crashed his car into a pedestrian and kills this man and as a result of that, they instead hide the body. I don't... Just the lack of respect and the fact that, you know, people are able to verify this story after the fact. They're able to... And no to, one said a thing. And no one said a thing. And this isn't like a city police department where the the chief of police is, you know, appointed by the mayor, right? This this is county sheriff's deputies. These are, you know, employees of your sheriff's department. Your sheriff is elected by you. So there need to be some serious questions brought up as to what the fuck is going on in that county because there's 25 bodies in that hole. Is this like the police stations or the, the sheriff's de- department's just body toss? Like, is this they're uh, going to the train station for Yellowstone fans? Like, That's their oopsie-daisy. That's their oopsie-daisy hole. Um, no, and, and I, I, I'm i glad that we moved to, to sheriffs real quick. Because here's another great success story from You Are the Power. <laughs> because, because, wait, there's more. Um, West Virginia. Berkeley County, West Virginia. January 6, 2023, young Carrie Harmon is driving home from the bar and she crashes herself into a cemetery wall. And so she goes on TikTok and she says, y'all, I fucked up. She put this on her TikTok, public story on TikTok. Y'all, I fucked up. You got the, the police lights in the background during that video. Well, post the, the follow-up story a couple hours later. It was about an hour later. Post the follow-up story. Lights are still on in the background. I love my fucking dad. Her dad was Sheriff Harmon of Berkeley County, West Virginia. Shows up in the middle of the night off shift, talks to the officer, goes ahead and just navigates the investigation for him. Make sure that the body camera footage is, or the body cam is turned off before they perform a sobriety. He takes the GPS tracker off of Carrie Harmon's car because he didn't trust her enough in order to not let her use her car without a, a, a likely county uh, GPS tracker that is used for SWAT devices. 
takes that off and then says, yeah, nothing happened. She just got a warning. Like, no biggie. So what has occurred from that is when You Are the Power found this out, we had the Harmon series where we would talk about all the things that Sheriff Harmon was doing there in Berkeley County, West Virginia. And because of our post, because of our activity, because of us contacting radio stations and everyone else in the community, Sheriff Harmon had his day in the spotlight where he would go on the radio station and lie to people. And because of all of this, because of the flurry, there was a special prosecutor that was appointed in order to look into Sheriff Harmon. And so January 6th was when his daughter crashed into that cemetery wall. Since then, yeah, it, it's it's literally the worst day in history. Um, <laughs> literally, it's worse than 9-11. Since, but since she crashed into that wall, she then later on got into a bar fight where she was charged with malicious wounding for beating a woman's face with a beer bottle to where she had she required facial reconstruction surgery and the father as a result of the grand jury appointed in the process of the special investigation was found guilty of two counts of uh falsifying information and two counts of obstructing justice his gift to berkeley county west virginia was right around christmas was his last day as he resigned from sheriff of berkeley county carrie Harmon was left at large after she failed to appear at court. And so now both of them are known as just what they are, just the, the, the crime family of West Virginia, Berkeley County. And so you are the power. Not only do we help the homeless, not only do we help reunite families, not only do we help with solving cold case murders, not only do we stop eminent domain from happening, not only do we help Joe Wood from being removed from his RV on, on his grandchildren's property. But we also hold government officials accountable and force them to resign as a Christmas present to every member of their community. Santa comes for those who are good. Santa <laughs> but wait, there's more. You're a bad girl, though. <laughs> oh, wait, there's more. No, um, no. <laughs> Santa just keeps coming. It's oh, it's it. I will say, like you are the power is one of the most fulfilling positions, uh, or one of the most fulfilling roles that I've ever been in, because we get to work and we get to make real impact and real change, and um, it, it's long lasting effects. With Erica, Eric. Erica Brown of Be Kind, Be Great down in Columbia. I was able to get the, the, the personal phone number of the mayor where when we have issues, when police are harassing Erica, I text him and I say, here's, here's how it happened. Here's who was involved. Here's the solution I would like to see. And then I text him back three weeks later when that problem doesn't continue to arise. And I say, did you, did you help us with clearing this up? And he says, yes. And I say, would you like to schedule a thank you visit? For me to come down and thank you and he says we'll get it on my calendar like <laughs> we are making an impact for communities around the country and and that's something that you know we all strive to do you know as libertarians as as people who are involved in politics we're not here because we just like the gluttony of of just 
hoarding all this information of how the world could be better. We don't like to just sit here and sit in the arena and just beat on each other and ignore what the other person's saying. But we actually want to see a change. And through You Are the Power, we've been able to make a long-lasting and hard-hitting impact for, for the different communities. And it's just it's just incredible. Yeah, it is. It is. It's. It's really great to see actual work being done. Um, so many times you'll see, you know, people talk about solutions or talk about doing this or talk about doing that. Yeah. Um, you know, politicians are infamous for that. Or the NRA, for example, the NRA talks about protecting gun rights, but you know, I never seen that. So, um, so what? I guess a lot of people may know you from the before times when you were one of us dirty, do nothing, sit in your mom's basement podcasters. What was it that was like, you know, this is what I need to do. Like to hell with everything else. This is what matters most. Oh, that transition. That transition was interesting. So podcasting, meeting incredible people, having a, good time just talking and just sharing ideas and and trying to be relevant in the giant sea of political talking figures and i realized like that's not for me i don't need to be a front runner and so for me i was like you know i had spike who i've been friends with since 2016 so i've known him long before his his vice presidential race and i said I saw him create You Are the Power, and I said, Spike, I'm tired of being a front man. What can I do in the background to help You Are the Power? And he said, hey, do you want to just vet some stories for us, make sure that things look good, and that'll be that'll be like your contribution to the organization? I was like, I can totally read stories and, and have an iron gut because I knew they were going to be just – the most disgusting, abhorrent things. And I was like, and I don't get any publicity for this. I don't have to go on podcasts for this. I don't have to, you know, come on to not a real libertarian podcast. I, you know, I could just let my beard grow out in crazy ways and, and I don't have to worry about what I look like anymore. Like just fantastic. And so I started doing that. And then I was like, hey, why don't we do this for this cause? Why don't we do this for this cause? Why don't why don't we get involved with this way? Why don't we sell the message this way? Why don't we, you know, we're going to reach a bigger audience by talking about these causes this way. He's like, sounds good, Jason. Why don't you do that? <coughs> these are not the terms that I had agreed upon. <laughs> and so we started doing that. And so for Erica, you know, that was kind of like the big cause that I, I got to cut my teeth on, if you will. And so I was like, all right, well, I'll start going down there. And I was like, oh, we're going to go to city council. I was like, Spike, I need you to come in so that I don't have to. And so we set it up. Spike comes in and I got to watch Spike do it. And I was like, well, now I feel compelled to go speak too. Like, I don't want to follow up Spike. I, I, I'm going to do terrible at it. Um, I'm certainly no Spike Cohen. I'm, I'm literally the Jason Lyon, like just bottom rung of the ladder, if you will. But somebody's got to do it. And so the eight of us did it, and I was just like, this is pretty cool. So then I came back two weeks later, and I did it again. And then I came back two weeks later, and I did it again. It's only a two-hour drive for me, so it's not that bad. So I just kept doing it over and over and over again. My job, my, my nine-to-five was getting upset at me for missing so much work. But I was happy. I was enjoying it because I was arguing with people that had to listen to me. 
because I was making good and valid points to them. And so from there, they were just like, Jason, how about you just direct the volunteers for the entire nation? And I was just like, that sounds like a pretty big space. Like I'm living in small, <laughs> small little South Carolina. Are you, are you sure you, this is the decision you'd like? They're like, yeah, absolutely. You, you've done, done wonders. And I was like, wait a minute. This means I'm going to have to go on the Not A Real Libertarian podcast, doesn't it? And they were like, yep. <laughs> so number one, uh, the name is not that anymore. It's now Not A Real Podcast. So excuse yourself. Uh, couldn't even look at the invite correctly. We dead name around here, okay? <laughs> and number two, I just <laughs> want to point out, Alice was sucked down a hole and she found uh, Wonderland. Uh, apparently, Jason Lyon got sucked down the secret Jewish tunnel in New York and found <laughs> You Are the Power. So I mean, what whatever way gets you there, as long as it gets you off Twitter and outside, I yeah. fully support it. Yeah, no, it's 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 been an interesting ride so far, and and we're just just now beginning. So when I come up to Tennessee now, now I've got I've got two activists that I know that I'm going to be dragging around with me everywhere that I go, and then we're going to suck you guys in, and you guys will be the not not a you are the power podcast. So we could dead name twice you over. Not the power. <laughs> you are not the power podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they would love that. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, hey, you should come to our convention this year. It's uh, it's actually going to be closer to you. Uh, it's it's in my neck of the woods, so it's right there on the uh, eastern border. Um, so you're saying yeah. that was we, the uh, second we week of April. Yeah, April 12th to the 14th, yeah. Um, my, my secretary keeps all my dates for me. So I need me one. I will I will definitely try to make it up for that because that would be that would be a good time. So I will say um Jason and I were discussing before the episode, uh, because him and I go way back to like last week, and we talked about if Jason comes to LPTN convention, uh, we'll need to have like secret service looking security for him. Um, I'll probably find two people to ask to volunteer for it. But if anyone's watching this and wants to do it, just reach out to me. Uh, I think it'd be a good time. It, it, it would be a great time because I'm going to live up to my intentions of being behind the curtain, behind the scenes, and I'm just going to carry a curtain rod with me, and I'm just going to stay behind that. And then the two-armed security can hold that while also being security. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to go full circle. That is amazing. That's I mean, So everyone's been asking what's at the end of the Jewish tunnel, and it's just Jason Lyons down there with a fake <laughs> curtain rod and a curtain. That's what that's what's that's down it. there. That's that's and the that's, big secret. That's, that's why that mattress was bloody. That's why he kicked off his uh his campaign for Navy vets for objects with player bases. It it all makes sense now. That that's it. That's definitely <laughs> it. Definitely it. So I did want to make this sort of serious. I mean it's been it's been a very good episode, uh, I think. And uh I do, I do really appreciate what you guys are doing at You Are The Power. Um, as, as a lot of people know, activism is not the easiest thing in the world, and you guys are absolutely nailing it right now, which is uh, astonishing. 
um, just because of the people y'all are drawing from, namely libertarians. But, uh, you know, it, it is good to see. The cool thing about it is we've gotten involved. And so, yes, like naturally the base started off because Spike Cohen running for vice president. The base was largely libertarian. Um, but since then, a lot of these causes, when we get involved with with families and individuals, a lot of these people have never some of them have never even heard what a libertarian was. And so our base is now across the entire political spectrum. You've got non-political people and political people. And it's just it, it's incredible because when we put the why before the how and the what. People resonate with that. Why? Why human respect? And so it, it just it breaks down all of those barriers and all of those those problems. And people understand that when they get involved, we're working for those shared goals. And it's just incredible to see people and say, you're a libertarian. So I'm going to join the Libertarian Party. And I have to warn them. It's, it's not the same. Not the it's, same at it's all. It's not what you're thinking. It's not. Um, <laughs> But we, but we do have such a such an incredible reach because it's just these causes and these stories and and all of these things are, are real lived experiences that just absolutely make it, it difficult to to go through and, and do this time and time and time again. Um, but you know the the team there at you are the power. I mean they're just such incredible people for being able to do this time and time and time again. Um, I, I I don't deserve the credit that all those other people do, and, and it's just. We talked about the sneezing thing. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, but but the team they they really do shine, and and it's just incredible. The team is continuing to grow. We're always looking for for new members. Um, anyone who's looking to become a member, of course, you can sign up. For, membership is free. You are the power slash membership. Um, but if you're also looking to find a place within the organization and you want to, you want to put your skills to the test, you want to learn more, you want to experience more, you want to be a part of more, you can always reach out to the team. We're on Facebook. We're on, on, uh, we're on Twitter or on X. We're on all of the social media platforms. And of course you can always email any of us. You can email me directly at Jason at you are the power.net. And, and we'd be happy to take on anyone and everyone in order just to be able to achieve more and do more. Um, in everyone's communities. Yeah, for anyone who's never done it, I mean, going out and being a part of a group and fighting for a righteous cause, something you believe is morally and justifiably correct. Um, I think the first time I went out and actually did a good bit of activism was the uh, convalescence home in Russell, Kentucky. And that entire experience was just, it's, it's eye-opening. It really is. I mean, getting out there and being with the people that you're trying to help and, and being there to support them, it, it matters not only a lot to them, but, I mean, it, it does change you. It, it gives you a new outlook on what it means to help your neighbor. And I do, I do advise anyone who's got the time and, you know, a little bit of patience to do it. it it's definitely worth doing. Yeah, no, definitely. It, it It's one of those things like if you and, and I tell people all the time, like the first step you take into activism is the scariest step. And all it, it takes is just the hard step. Yeah. Yeah. And once you've been involved with something, you'll see just of how simple it can be. Um, But, you know, if your first time you want to be involved with a cause that you are the powers a part of, if we have an in-person event, if if you want to do something as simple as 
I want to stand at the front door and I just want to wave hi as everyone walks in. Like, be the Walmart greeter for us. That's fine. Like, you can come in and you can see people and you don't, there's no, there's no buy-in to this. There's no, you know, you're just showing up and just being a part of that. That little bit of, of being a friendly smile and a warm hug to, to people that you may be, may be familiar with, like that's going to motivate people to, to do more. So you already are making a positive impact. And then from there, you get to see what other people are doing. You got an idea, throw it out there. Because at the end of the day, like, we all have been through different experiences and everything else. So just go ahead and, and throw your ideas out there. Be a part of it. Don't be afraid to say, hey, I, I want to I know more. I want to do more. We're all volunteers here trying to just make the world a better place. With one more person, it's that much easier. With 10 more people, it's that much easier. With 330 million, then it's just Congress left without us. It's destroying their perception of power. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does matter. Um, I mean, and here's the cool thing, too, is for anyone who's never done it and might be scared to do it, like you you don't want to be in the way or something like that, every activist I've ever met is super welcoming. They will help you with whatever. Like, they're awesome people. Like, I, I've never met anyone who actually works and does activism for politics that was rude and brash or whatever. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if you go to You Are the Power, I mean, they'll treat you good. Just kind of stay away from Brian Lambert. He, uh, he, he's wild. He means well, but he's, uh, you know. <laughs> Jesus gonna... Christ, Jason. <laughs> Brian... What the hell all over your fucking face? <laughs> Brian is... <laughs> I love Brian. Brian is... He's Brian is... His favorite. Brian is one of my favorites. Um. And and Brian is one of those guys. He has he has an incredible history with with activism as well, and he's made a lot of changes everything. and everything else. Um, but he he's one of those people that you'll never forget because he is very extravagant in his storytelling. And and you know if you get him on a story that he's very passionate about, it. I can sit there and listen to him for hours, but um, he's a he's a really big Civil War buff too. And uh, have you have you talked to him about Civil War stuff yet? It's hard to get him into the South and see all these beautiful landmarks and not have him talk about it. It's a, and I will say Brian Lambert is my favorite person on the planet that's involved politically um, outside of Susie, but um, he dude. I have never met a human being who can cuss you, insult you, and demean you, and you still feel absolutely loved by him. Uh, I mean, he's he's an awesome, dude. I love Brian to death. He's a uh, he's he's an asshole, but he's he's our asshole. And what's fun is Brian is, of course, as you can imagine, a part of you are the power. And so it's it's amazing whenever we we start off not synced up on on a cause. And uh, hopefully Brian's not upset that I share this, but we will bump heads once in a while over, over how to handle something. And, and we both know that the other one has the experience and the intelligence and, and the, the wherewithal to know what they're doing is the right thing. But in that moment when we're clashing heads, it, it can be fun and it can be interesting. Um, but, but at it's the gotta end of the be day, amazing. The insults oh. have got to be a stellar. It's weird. We don't actually insult each other, which is interesting. No, like, that's, that's right. Insults are for good times. Yeah. 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 Um, we just like 
bicker about it and it's really catty and it's fun but um but he but but like you said like he he like any other activist that is really getting involved with this they just want the best outcome that they can and they want to help and they they see things one way and at the end of the day like that's one thing that you're the power is about is like we understand that not everyone's going to have the same idea so instead of having one way or the highway right we have all right, let's run with multiple ideas and whatever one works best. And if you have two competing events, for example, if if both events absolutely have to have Spike there for them for whatever reason, and Spike is just one person. I love Spike to death, but he's just one person. If you absolutely have to have Spike at two different events, then Spike gets to choose by market-based value system of which one he's going to go to because he can't be in both places at once. And so that's really what it is, is we get to be able to, to do the free market principles and practice these things out to where, hey, Spike, you've got this this event where you're needed. You know, let's go let's go to this convention or this this state party or this this affiliate wants you here or this one wants you here. Now we get to compete. And of course, it means you have to go to Brian and be like, Brian, I want to want to go take Spike to this. And Brian's like. No, and then you have to fight with them. But we get we get to practice those things, and so it's incredible. Brian is the one person I call when I don't know what to do uh, with something political, like if it's campaign stuff or activism or anything under the sun. I'll call Brian, Um, but I usually have to set aside thirty minutes to talk to him. Um, But you're not giving him enough. No, no, but I can usually catch him when he's like doing something else. So thirty minutes is usually pretty good. Um, I can I can say this but, because I know Brian knows this to be true. I have called Brian. I said I need thirty seconds of your time, and then forty five minutes later, I say Brian, I still need to talk to you about the thing I called you about. Yeah, dude, I. <laughs> I love, dude, I will, like, if we're going to an event and he's there, he'll stay at the Airbnb with us, and I'll just have him start telling stories. It's my favorite yeah. thing in the world. And you got a taste. YouTube video he made, <gasps> like his music videos. So, Brian, for those who don't know, I'll tell this. I'm not going to put a link or anything, but he did used to make a bunch of films and, like, some music videos and stuff like that. And we sat down one day and watched every single video he made. And they were actually really good. He doesn't want nobody knowing about them, but or knowing mm. around, but they were really, really good. The deep dark secrets of Brian. So you actually got to experience something that no one else and well, only a handful of people ever got to experience. The first time that Brian has ever used a smoker to make pulled pork. That was at your place, wasn't it? That was. Yeah, because I remember him bitching about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I was like, Brian, I've got to go pick up Cajun from the airport. Can you could you come over at two o'clock in the morning and learn how to smoke so I can pick up Cajun on time? So he came over, got a crash course on how to smoke, and he was calling me every 45 minutes. All right, Jason, the temperature's dropping. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I would talk him through it. And then he would like fix it and then like, all right, temperature's rising. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> it was it was awesome, but you know, I we didn't have enough for everybody who was there, but that's fine. Um, everyone got a sample size portion of, of what Brian made, and I, th- I think everyone liked it well enough. It was really good. 
Like I like I enjoy Brian's cooking. Um, yeah. Because every time we stay with them, uh, we 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 usually don't charge them rent. We just like cook, just cook for us. Like go buy shit, cook and whatever. Yeah. Um, because it's totally fucking worth it. Um, yeah, his dude, cooking was, is was, incredible. Was, it is yeah. amazing. He is one of the best house husbands you can find on the market right now. And he he was like, I've never smoked before in my life. I, I I'm interested in smoking, and so we I gave him the crash course. He smoked that. He did fine. We're not going to talk about the salmon that he smoked afterwards because Spike was the only one who had that and it looked like charcoal. Um, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> but since then, you know, he he's he's got the desire to smoke. So, you know, maybe maybe next time you guys can throw him on the smoker at your house and, and have him smoke you up something. Be like, Brian, you just got to show, show up at 3 o'clock in the morning, give you a crash course on my smoker, and then you go back to bed and every 45 minutes you just got to Decline the call. <laughs> uh, well, if if I had a smoker, I would absolutely have him smoke. Make it, it but make it. You're fine. It. You're you're a mechanic enough. You can figure this out. <laughs> I will say, uh, I don't think the apartment complex would be super chill about that. Um, when we get our own place, absolutely get a smoker. Uh, without a question, Brian will want to come out here and he'll want to go hiking or something or. Oh, I don't yeah. know, whatever. The, yeah, he'll want to go frolic or some shit. But yeah, we'll have him out, have him cook. Set up the bat flare when he does. The bat signal, whatever. Bat flare. Signal. Whatever. <laughs> well, uh, so, um, final words before we send you to the gulag, comrade? Man, I haven't been sent to the gulag in forever. Um, yeah, so. Uh, Again, I'll just make the, the shameless plug. If you guys have not already signed up as You Are The Power members, go over to youarethepower.net slash membership. Sign up today. Memberships are free. Be a part of the community. Be a part of the network that is changing the way that we that we look at each other with human respect, but also that government officials look at us. And and to be a part of that, there it is, right? That's right. Uh to be a part of this organization, it costs you no money to start off. Um, costs you no money indefinitely. We'll never charge for for you to be a part of it. And of course, if you if you have the means and you want to be able to donate um, for the month of January right now, we have a two to one donation. So if you donate one dollar, the the we have anonymous donors who will match that. So we will get three dollars if you donate one. You donate five dollars, we get fifteen. You donate. Five trillion dollars, and the IRS is coming after you. Um, but they can find me. Yeah, I mean, if you donate five trillion, you, you got a hiding spot. You're pretty good at that. Um, but but uh, seriously, it, it's it's absolutely free to be a part of this. This is an incredible organization that's changing the way, revolutionizing the way that people look at each other. And uh, there's no better cause than this. And and it, it truly is a a giant, giant, massive family, 3,000 members of, of people just wanting to love and respect each other and to see this through. And so if you guys can be a part of that, that would be incredible. Um, we still have so many more stories that I, we, of course, didn't have the time to go through um, because, you know, Billy Mays says, but wait, there's more. There's more. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good problem to have. I, I'm glad y'all have too many success stories to talk about. Um, that's That's... 
that's that gives that gives me warmth in my heart that that you know something can be done hopefully and fix some of these horrible problems we're having um i'm glad you took the time out of your very busy schedule to come hang out with us and uh talk a little bit no thank you so much for having me on i mean it's always a pleasure to talk about these things and um you know next episode we'll talk about all new causes that we have crazy success on so I'd be lying too if I didn't say I wanted to just have you back on, just to you know, just have you back on, see how you doing, little buddy. You know, making sure I would you're love all that. Right. I would love that too. <laughs> all right. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, appreciate you all tuning in tonight. Uh, just like joining, uh, you're the power, um, and getting your forever free trial of uh, activism. Uh, subscribe to this. Hit the like button. All of those things are completely free. It helps us out. Um, and that's pretty much all I got for you. We love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Have a good night. Peace. Don't go anywhere just yet. Uh, I did want to um, record something else and give everyone kind of an update. Um, since recording this episode, um, we have found out that the Hernandez kids will be returning to their aunt and uncles some point this week. I'm not certain what the date and time um, it's supposed to be, but the good news is that the Hernandez kids are coming out of foster care and will be returning to their aunt and uncle. So do want to give you all that update and, uh, yeah, appreciate y'all tuning in and, uh, you have a good one.